0: Dear God, we thank you for this day that you've given us and this time that we can be here. We just ask now that your Holy Spirit, Lord, would teach us. Help me, Lord, to explain this well, but it is your Spirit, the Holy Spirit, that actually teaches and works upon our hearts and our minds. And Lord, we just ask that you do that as we start this session and this week with these sessions. So please bless... This lesson to the nourishment of the bodies and the spiritual bodies of these people that lord they'd be able to glean from this and grow spiritually we ask in jesus name amen so as we get started with this i'm going to turn off the lights that makes the slides get a little better also that's why i serve tea it helps keep people awake but i got to tell you what happened here um, this spring after the marine biology trip that i was i always lead Came back, and it was in May, because we didn't get back to like two days, like April 28th or something. And so May was like right around the corner. And I was watching the Today Show. One morning, I, I was going to say I got up. I didn't get up. I just woke up, reached for the remote, turned on the television in my bedroom, to be honest with you. I didn't get out of bed, But I just did that. And um, I turned on, and it was the Today Show. And the Today Show is on, and they were doing a special segment on the Smithsonian. Institute in Chicago, the museum there, and its dinosaur wing. The dinosaur wing had been closed for five years. And it was getting ready to reopen. And so as it was going to reopen, the Today Show was invited in to do a little segment on the show before uh, the museum actually opened. So I don't think it opened to the first week of June. Um, and so I sat here just watching this. And they took the cameraman and the the journalists were walking around, as you can see in this photograph here. This is a picture of the new exhibit. And as they're walking around, you can see T-Rexes and Triceratops and, and brachiosaurs and all sorts of things, sauropods, all over around here. And they were walking around and they're talking about how these things lived millions of years ago, hundreds of millions of years ago in many cases. Then, as I'm sitting here getting frustrated by the indoctrination that they were doing, um, the journalist gets right underneath this large seropod, stands right underneath this thing, and the camera sort of zooms in on him very close up, and he says, you know, um, I am standing right now, now the camera fades back, I'm standing here underneath this huge dinosaur, now the camera's spanning back, and you can see this gigantic thing, and he says, I'm standing underneath this this creature that actually lived 100 million years ago, and what amazes me, he says, that man didn't even begin, begin to walk on this planet until two and a half million years ago. And at this point, I just had to turn it off. I was like, this is ridiculous. I mean, what indoctrination we get? Are there real scientific facts that can determine this thing? Actually not. No one was there recording it. So they're having to base everything on a pile of assumptions. And, but that's what's going on. And it's just not to today's show. For instance, Uh, it promotes human secularism, because what that actually is going to be, you're going to see is human secularism. So do the shows of Nova. I watch Nova. Sometimes I get so frustrated, I just can't, I have to turn them off. The Discovery Channel. And uh, to be totally honest with you guys, I do feel really sorry for your generation. There's a time, like even this past Saturday, was that yesterday? This is Sunday, right? Uh, I get so confused in the summertime here. Because yesterday morning, yeah, I got to sleep in, till like 8 o'clock, that's, that's sleeping in for me. And I know some of you, you're, you're still dead at that point. Your hearts not even beating at 8 o'clock in the morning. But I was laying there and I turned on the television to see what was on Saturday morning TV. And as I scanned the channels, oh, it was shows like, um, there was The Ocean Treks with Jeff Corwin. There was Jack Hanna's Wild Countdown. Um, I scanned over to another channel and there was, on PBS there were some things going. Um, and Sesame Street was even running, and and they had other shows and stuff. And I'm sitting here, and actually my heart went out to you all because of what you guys have to experience on Saturday morning. You see, when I was a kid, back when the earth was cooling, when I was a kid, we lived for Saturday morning. Saturday morning was the most awesome time in the week. If you could pick any time during the week to be alive, it was Saturday morning. Why? Because we had Roadrunner and Coyote cartoons. We had the Bugs Bunny two-hour show of Bugs Bunny cartoons. We had Tom and Jerry, the old ones. Not these new ones that are so stupid. The old ones that won Academy Awards. Yes, they did win Academy Awards. And we had shows like that. And you guys get Ocean Treks and Jack Hanna's Wild Countdown. The Dog Whisperer. That was another one it was on. I'm like, what? Oh my gosh, I feel so sorry. I mean, I wanted to, you know, just sacrifice some animal for you all. It was terrible. Oh my gosh. But what, what is sad about this is that all of these shows and so many more are teaching Darwinian evolution without people even realizing, even Sesame Street. Now, not that I watch Sesame Street very often anymore, but I did have three little girls and we watched sesame street. And I remember sitting with my my daughters when they were small watching sesame street and there was an episode that came on and they talked all about the the evolution of a horse and how horses started very small about the size of a small dog and eventually went up to our present way, day horses and stuff like and I'm like, "Gee, that's Darwinian evolution that they're Actually, a sort of Lamarckian evolution they were talking about. But this stuff is being driven into our minds and we don't even realize it. To today's show sitcoms, television shows all around, constantly are bombarding us with human secularism, a religion. And we don't even realize it. Schools that say they cannot promote any religion, public schools constantly promote human secularism as a religion. They do. Almost all secular universities do. That's like their temple of human secularism. And even some Christian universities do the same. So this is where it gets really sad. Now, it used to be that the word of God was considered a source of truth. Over 79 times in the Bible, God is referred to as a name, the proper name of truth. 79 times. He's given the name truth. And if God is holy, which is the best description there is of God, If God is holy, he can't lie. He can't deceive. And so he has to be true. And the Bible is the source of truth. But today, man-made traditions, empty philosophies, has replaced God's word. We don't even allow God's word to be in the classroom. We don't allow people even to talk about the Bible anymore. And that's really sad because do you know something when the United States actually started off as a country? Do you know... Who it was who put the Bible into the public school system? He ended up being president, but there was one person who decided, who said, every student should be taught this book, the Bible. It was Thomas Jefferson who stated that as they were forming the first public education um, curriculums and stuff like that in the United States. We must teach the Bible. That later on, In the 1950s, they find a private letter from Thomas Jefferson saying there has to be a separation of church and state. And so now they have removed the Bible from the classroom. And that wasn't a private letter. That is not in the Constitution. Some years ago, I had a student in my classroom when I was teaching school, actually, because I had Bible verses. And I always kept the Bible on my desk. I had Bible verses around my room. And this student came up to me one day and she says, you know, I don't understand, Michael. How come you are constantly defying the Constitution of the United States? I didn't know what she was talking about at first. And I said, what do you mean? She says, you're displaying Bible verses all around your room. You're breaking the Constitution. I said, how am I breaking the Constitution? Because the Constitution says there's a separation of church and state. I said, really? I noticed she had a history book right in her arms. I said, I'm going to write you a pass to your next class. This is important. I said, set your books down. Turn to the appendix of your history book, because every US history book has a copy of the Constitution in it, in the back. I used to teach history. I know this. And so I said, go to the Constitution. So she looks in the back, she finds it. And I said, now, have a seat over there. Find where it says separation of church and state in the Constitution. After, I don't know, diligently searching, going back and forth, she finally came up to my desk. She says, I can't find it. I said, there's a reason. It's not in the Constitution. It came from a private letter written from Thomas Jefferson to another person who was trying to make the United States have a specific universal denomination, the Episcopal Church which is what exactly we ran away from in England, that we wouldn't want to have a national denomination. But that is not in the Constitution, though people often think it is, it's not. So we're now teaching where they now remove the Bible and everything else from the classroom, yet for some reason, human secularism, a religion, is allowed to be in the classroom and it's being promoted in the school systems. Man has attempted for centuries to eradicate the Bible and to find reasons to explain nature without God. Constantly trying to do this. And the thing is, they will never do it. God made a promise in in the Bible that his word would last forever. You're not gonna get rid of it. Matter of fact, there's been people who have tried over the years, who have actually stood up and said, I will remove the Bible from the face of the earth in my lifetime. Um, Different people would make claims like that, and then a few years later, they're dead, and (laughs) the Bible's still here. Absolutely amazing how things like that go. But this became a reality. It started to become a reality anyway. I shouldn't say it became. But it's becoming a reality, but it all starts back. Where did this whole idea of throwing out the word of God and stuff come from? It goes back into the 1800s. Now, we know that Darwin wrote his book on the origin of the species by natural selection. Um, there's Darwin's picture here I'm showing in a copy of his book. Um, that was in 1859. But Darwin was really influenced by another person whose name was Charles Lyell. This is Charles Lyell's photograph here in a book he wrote, Principles of Geology. Now, neither one of these guys would really, would you consider, you know, um, really Bible-believing people. Charles Lyell, in particular, he didn't believe in God, didn't believe in the Bible. Um, And he writes a book um, in the 1830s, almost 30 years before Darwin does. You see, Darwin was getting ready to go on board the Beagle and sail around the world um, as a naturalist, that's what they used to call biologists, and to study living things and stuff like this. Now, Darwin was already formulating his theory in his mind, but he had problems with his theory about how life could have started from one cell and just keep mutating and forming other life forms that how, he, how that could happen, that the origin of the species, the origin of the life, how, how did life begin on the planet. But he had a problem because you don't look around and see things mutating all the time for the, uh, for the better. You just don't see that. And that's what puzzled him. He said it, you know, he was having problems with this. Well, just before he sailed, he runs into Charles Lyell. Charles Lyell says, hey, you're going to be on a long voyage, basically. I'll tell you what. Why don't you take a copy of my book here and read it? Now, what's in his book? And you can still buy this on Amazon today. In Principles of Geology, what Charles Lyell puts forth is this. There is no god. The Earth is not thousands of years old. It's millions of years old. He's the guy who promoted this millions of years old, and every feature that we see geographically and geologically on the planet can be explained through natural phenomena, mostly like erosion. In other words, let me put you this way. If you went to the Grand Canyon and you stood, I don't who's ever been to Grand Canyon? I imagine a number of you have. Oh, quite a few of you have. You look there, you look down, you look across, you can see the surface on the other uh, buttes and stuff all the way across. Um, down below, all of those canyons and stuff have formed. There's a river that flows through there, so according to Charles Lyell, and this is what basically people still will, a lot of people believe today, the river, because of erosion over millions of years, slowly carved that out and took it out to the sea eventually. And that's why all that is missing. Well, that's what he tries to explain. Features that we see took millions of years the earth has to be millions of years old because erosion in rivers take place very slowly. So it has to be millions of years. That's the logic that Charles Lyell used, and that gave Darwin his time, which was his problem with his theory, that the earth isn't thousands of years old, as the Bible says. It's actually millions. And so Darwin now, ah, this all makes sense. The problem is, those of you who have been to the Grand Canyon, Now, those of you who have been there, how many of you have also been to New Orleans? Has anybody been to New Orleans? Okay, quite a few have been there, too. What do you know about the land features around New Orleans? Um, Are they getting bigger or smaller? They're getting bigger. Why? Erosion. The water of the Mississippi River bringing all this sediment down is depositing there, and we've got a huge delta which just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Now, that's what rivers do. With the Colorado River making the Grand Canyon, where's the delta? That should be a sizable delta at the end of this thing going into the ocean. There isn't none. So how could that be explained? Well, if the flood story is correct, and the middle part of the United States was actually a large lake or a small sea, you might say, And if you've ever been traveling around Wyoming, you can actually see the land features forming a large lake like that. Breaks through, forms, there's all this water in the middle part of the country running out very quickly at very high velocity, because it's so high, would easily cut through that. We saw this happen in the 1980s at a place in Washington called Mount St. Helens. Mount St. Helens has canyon-like features just like the Grand Canyon that was formed very quickly not through a slow process of erosion. So there's problems with this, but his whole idea was we don't want to believe in the Bible. The Bible's not going to be a source of truth. So Darwin swallows Lyell's thinking. As many scientists who did not believe the Bible, they thought, well, this explains a lot. Now Darwin has his theory. This all makes sense. I don't have to believe in God anymore because we have Darwinian evolution. So by the time we get to the 20th century, man is trying to exchange God's word for lies, and they're doing a very good job of it. As all these scientific discoveries keep getting made, they keep coming up with the idea that, okay, and promoting, you don't have to believe in the Bible. Science can explain everything. Well, there's a problem with that, with that statement, that science can explain everything. Let me show you something. Let me grab something. I have a box just an ordinary little box. I used to keep chocolate in this. I'm going to turn on the light so you can see this a little better. It's just a little black hinged box with a clasp on it. Nothing fancy. Like I say, I used to keep Dove Dark Promises on, in here and keep it on my desk. Until so my staff found out I was doing this and every day I had to refill it. <laughs> but anyway, to give you an idea of what human secularism and Darwinian evolution are trying to promote, this is the entire cosmos. This is everything that exists. The whole universe and beyond is here everything there is all matter everything every star every nebula every planet everything every atom everything is here now a christian worldview is that god made it god is outside of this he's not contained in here he is outside of this but he is also inside matter of fact he even came inside in the form of jesus to actually show us how to live so god is inside the box and he's outside the box. Well, with what's happened with Charles Lyell, Charles Darwin, we go through the 20th century with many scientists promoting this idea, what they say is, no, there is no God. There is no God outside the box. There is no God inside the box. And everything in the box can be explained through science. We can use science to explain every single thing. But really, they can't. You can't even explain how the laws of science began with the laws of science, it goes against. Thermodynamics, that all of a sudden everything just happened to be here. There's problems with this idea. But that's what they promote. And so they've been exchanging the word of God for lies since this all started. Now, what's resulted, this has gone into the public school system and this is being taught Without students, and in some cases without even the teachers realizing they're promoting human secularism. Because if Darwinian evolution is correct, then it changes everything. The problem is there's so many flaws in it, which we're going to see tomorrow. But this is a religion. Matter of fact, the Supreme Court made a ruling um, about 10 years ago. They were listing different, in one of the cases that they made, they listed different religions in the world. They actually named human secularism, which I found fascinating. They're saying it's a religion, but they say you can't teach a religion in schools. Yet they promote this all the time. So, human secularism, what is it? It proclaims that man has no meaning or no purpose because we are the, the leftovers of Darwinian evolution. If Darwinian evolution is correct, there is no God, and so there is no purpose to life. You're not a product of a special creator. You are a process of just an accident occurring, um, and through Darwinian evolution, we keep achieving higher levels of, of you know entities on the planet. Let's go to what the one of the key proponents and leaders of this movement, of this religion. Uh, one of their basic, if you want to put it this way, one of their main theologians of human secularism. His name was Paul Kurtz. In his book, The Humanist Alternative, he writes this. Now, this is describing what is human secularism. Quote, Using the powerful critical tools of science and logical analyses, modern man now recognizes that the universe has no special human meaning or purpose and that man is not... A special product of creation stop here you know what he's saying there is no God he says you there is no God so and we're gonna use science and logical analysis to say that there is no God there is no special meaning there is no purpose for your life no meaning for you to exist You are an accident of an exploding star. As Carl Sagan, the great uh, astrophysicist, used to say, we are nothing more than star stuff. Continuing the quote, if a man is a product of evolution, one species among others, in a universe without purpose, then man's option is to live for himself. That, end quote there, that is human secularism no purpose, you make up your rules as you go along, you live for yourself. And that's what's happened. Human secularism is promoted and fueled through Darwinian evolution because we are just an accident of occurring that somehow an exploding star cooled down uh, and the molecule somehow, almost miraculously, as Francis Crick says, almost miraculously seems to have formed life. And then it just kept evolving over billions, not millions, but billions of years till we get to what we are today. That's what it is. Human secularism, here it is in a nutshell. Human secularism, there are no morals. There's no Bible, so there's no morals. There's no right or wrong. This is what it teaches. And we see this all around the world today. You do what feels good to you. You live your life for you alone. And finding fulfillment in your life comes from indulging in whatever feels good. That's human secularism. Human secularism has now made it possible, for I was reading in a newspaper this past spring, of a a lady in um, Florida who legally married her horse. A guy in England who legally married his house cat you can do anything you want and no one can say you're wrong because there is no right or wrong there are no morals so you can do whatever you want and you do whatever you want you find fulfillment whatever makes you feel good as nike says just do it if it feels good do it and that's what we've come to there's probably no god so stop worrying enjoy your life do whatever you want there is no right or wrong but really that is so illogical Paul Kurtz in his book says, oh, we're going to use science and logic for this. It is so illogical. For instance, if you took a can of chicken broth and to you, you say, this is not chicken broth, even though it says it on the label, well, that's not chicken broth to me. This is oil. I'm going to pour it into the crankcase of my car. You can believe all you want that that's oil, but the truth is that's chicken broth. You pour it into crankcase your car, your car's not going to go very far. Or put it on the opposite extreme. Take some Pennzoil uh, 5W30 weight oil and say, well, this isn't oil. This is chicken soup to me. Pour it in a bowl and eat it. You can say all you want that that's that's chicken soup, but the thing is it's going to kill you because it's oil. And you can't metabolize it. There is truth. We can try and cover it up and say so many times, I mean, people... There have been people, a person who said one time that I'm not actually a person. I feel like I'm a cockroach. I'm only gonna walk around the edges of the room and crawl around the woodwork. Does that really make him a cockroach? I mean, there's so many goofy things, but that's what this does. And you look at world problems today and hot topics that exist in our nation today, guess what you're gonna see? You start looking through all the problems that we're having. You're going to see this is just from britain here alone on this list i'm giving you of different problems going on in britain but it shows a great example it's human secularism constantly causing these problems why we've thrown the bible away we've thrown away morals we've thrown away right and wrong you can do whatever you want Um, that's why a guy in florida by the way was actually pardoned for the crime of being a pedophile because he said that's my sexual preference his lawyers Catching on to this whole thing says you, the, to the jury, you can't condemn this man because that is his what his way of living. That is what brings fulfillment for him, and so you cannot judge him on that, and he didn't have to serve any time. Because there is no right and wrong. Who is to say on the jury then, as the lawyer pointed out, who of you can say that what he's doing is wrong? Because there is no right and wrong. You get to, through human secularism, you get to choose whatever you want. And we are just snowballing down the mountain with this kind of theology i want to show this should not shock us at all because god actually told us in the last days it was going to be like this i want to read out of first timothy chapter three verses one through five english standard or i'm sorry this is the god's word translation um, thought for thought translation i want you to see what god says about this he says in the last days there will be violent periods of time people will be selfish and love money they will brag be arrogant, use abusive language. They will curse their parents, show no gratitude, have no respect for what is holy, and lack normal affection for their families. They will refuse to make peace with anyone. They will be slanderous, lack self-control, be brutal, and have no love for what is good. They will be traitors. They will be reckless and conceited. They will love pleasure rather than god that is human secularism all over it they will appear to have a godly life but they will not let its power change them stay away from such people this is god telling the holy spirit telling paul what's going to happen in the last days and we're coming into this this is being fulfilled right before our eyes human secularism is being ushered right in on darwinian evolution now let's talk about darwinian evolution here for a moment I don't know if you're familiar with the picture I'm showing. This is an illustration from a textbook I used to use, and it shows what we call Darwin's tree. Darwin's tree is showing the origin of life. Start that down down at the bottom of the trunk here, there's one branch. And down at the very bottom it says the origin of life. The first cell actually somehow miraculously appears. Somehow this cell formed DNA through another miracle, but we have a cell this cell then grows and mutates and as it grows some of the mutations that the cell makes are going to be beneficial and it's going to continue to mutate and pass on these genes and as it does it starts changing into different types of of bacteria and protozoas uh, until it gets an amoeba a branch goes off we start seeing now they start to form uh, from this first cell we start getting mutations to make like fungies um, we get into different types of algaes we get into different types of plants. We also at the same time we're getting into different type of animals. The sponges, the jellyfish, the corals. We go up, we start seeing different types of worms, round worms, segmented worms, etc. Um, sea stars, cucumbers, sea cucumbers, etc. Fish develop. Uh, we start seeing different types of fish evolving and getting all different types of animals, et cetera, et cetera, But you'll notice everything is all connected. Everything is connected because everything, as you keep going up the list with the mammals, finally at the top you get man. And all of these different animal forms, extinct like the dinosaurs over here, those that are present today, like the camel and the elephant and the manatees, all of these are linked back to just the first cell. That is Darwinian evolution. That is what human secularism needs to throw the Bible out. You have to have an excuse, a way of of explaining how we got here, and that's what they use. Another picture of this showing it from another textbook. Through billions of years, um, we start seeing the origin of life and it starts changing and just going on, changing from one form to another by random chance mutations, adding new genetics to the genome, to the chromosome, till finally we get to modern man. Um, over a long period of time. Billions of years is required. So that's what we see. Darwinian evolution states that man is a product, not of creation, but a a product of billions of years of natural selection. No doubt you have seen this picture many times in a textbook of different early human skulls showing a timeline of how old they are. You know what's fascinating about this? Where's the fossils showing this group uh, forming into this one? How about this one forming into this one? This one forming into this one. Notice that none of these lines where these things are existing are connecting. Yet in Darwinian evolution, they say the fossil record will show this is true. Darwin actually said that. The fossil record will prove my theory. When Darwin wrote it, there were no fossils showing this. He expected to see a lot of these very shortly um, in his lifetime and even after, and we're still, we can't find them. All we do is just find weird things like, these things. This is not even human. This is an extinct ape. So is this one. Um, These are not human. That's human. Actually, now there's even a test that I've seen on commercials for DNA. that will tell you how much Neanderthal DNA you have inside your body. Neanderthal inside of our bodies means that Neanderthals are totally normal. They're not the result of being millions of years old. Neanderthals, matter of fact, if you take a look at a Neanderthal skull, I have one up on a wall over here if you take a look at a neanderthal skull and then i did this one time and then i got hold of an australian aborigine skull put them side by side without the coloration if they were all the exact same color and everything no aging features you wouldn't be able to tell them apart does that mean that australian aborigines are a lower animal or a lower life form no it means they're human that's just their genetics And since they have DNA inside of us, obviously they could mate with Homo sapiens and produce fertile offspring. They're the same species, folks. But let's do this. Let's talk about what is Darwinian evolution. In the next few minutes, I just want to briefly go through Darwinian evolution with you so that tomorrow I can disassemble it. So here we go. This is how, to our science textbooks, this is how life began. This is how life somehow is explained in that box. Somehow, almost miraculously, spontaneous generation occurred on the planet. A bunch of chemicals from an exploding star that were floating in a vast sea suddenly sprang to life. Now what's fascinating is in every biology textbook that I have and I have taught out over the years has a chapter in here about a biogenesis, that's the other name for um, spontaneous generation, and they have it usually at the beginning of the book, they'll talk about how it used to be believed and now we know it's totally false. It was Louis Pasteur who nailed the coffin in it in the 1880s, just a little over 100, and what uh, 160 or so years ago, that uh, Louis Pasteur nailed it and said Darwin, or um, that spontaneous generation, life coming from non-living things does not happen. Because they used to teach it did. Matter of fact, they used to teach. Do you know that they used to teach this just a little over 200 years ago? That to make mice, all you had to do was take... Um, a clay jar, this was, at, this was actually out of a lecture. Take a clay jar, put in it wheat husks or oatmeal. Rice could be used as a substitute. Take off your dirty underwear, put it inside the jar, stir it around so that the rice gets well coated with the oils and stuff from and the sweat from your body. Set it in a corner for 21 days. In 21 days, it will turn into mice. That's what science taught. Louis Pasteur said, that is ridiculous. Life comes from living things. So anyway, we'll talk a little bit more about that tomorrow. Now, we get some type of life form. Somehow, almost miraculously, as Francis Crick put it, DNA was formed. How did DNA get formed? We don't have a really good answer for that. But all living things have DNA, so it must have happened. I love that kind of logic. Well, everybody's got DNA. Every living thing's got DNA, so it had to form somehow. Yeah. Anyway, as time goes on, the cell reproduced, and it formed more cells. As time went on, something happened, though, to the DNA. It mutated. And when it mutated, new genes, this is so important, new genes were added to the chromosome. That is a major part of Darwinian evolution. Because these mutations, some of them did not allow the organism to live. They were fatal, and the organism died because of the mutation. They weren't fit enough to live, as Darwin would put it. But other organisms, on the other hand, found that the mutation was very beneficial for their survival, and they continued to thrive and pass on their genes to other generations. That is Darwinian evolution. As time went on, they mutated, forming by random chance, new genes that would benefit the organism. This is the key pillar, one of the key pillars of Darwinian evolution. New genes are being added by random chance that benefit the organism, these mutations like that. After millions and millions of years, these organisms continue to live and mutate, forming new beneficial genes for survival until we finally arrive where we are today, with human beings being the highest evolved creature among billions of other creatures. That is what has happened. That's Darwinian evolution. So we started off with the first cell, something like a bacterial cell, and somehow it formed a mutation that was not detrimental but was beneficial and it got passed on. It was a beneficial new set of genes that were mutated. And this has continued. And as it continues throughout millions of years, we continue to see things go from the first cell, the most you know typical little bacterial cell, to the most complicated living creature on the planet today, the human female. That's a compliment. I just put you above men. <laughs> Guys, if you don't get it yet, you will. Women are very complicated. <laughs> I've been married almost 39 years. They're very complicated. I mean, God made them, and I believe, very unique. And boy, he, he really made them interesting. So, ladies, I'm giving you a compliment. I'm not knocking you. I'm saying you are, you are the highest, I would say the highest level of, of, of Darwinian evolution, if it was true like that, or the highest thing on evolution. It's, it's the female, human female. But this is Darwinian evolution. Now, what I'm about to do is I'm going to show you a video I used to show in my classroom. I used to show this to actually teach Darwinian evolution. I am not a Darwinian evolutionist, as you've already gathered today. But I used to teach this as part of my class. So there's no, uh, there's no talking in it. I will narrate certain things of what's going on if you're not quite catching it. I'm going to pause uh, the recording here because this is an audio recording we're making, not a video so but i'm going to show you this little thing here and it will explain what i'm talking about then we'll come back and we'll finish with a conclusion on this so what you just witnessed is uh, a canadian version uh, that was made a long time ago on how darwinian evolution takes place and like i say i used to use this in my classroom Uh, the film is called evolution you can find this on google i'm sure youtube or something But the thing is, I used to use this, seriously, I used to use this when I was a Darwinian evolutionist to try to get my students to believe that this is all true. Because I used to be on that side of the fence. And today I look at this and I'm just cracking up. But what was funny was when my students would watch this video, evolution, uh, almost immediately they would say, let's watch it again. And so we we sometimes would watch it two or three days in a row, just watching because they thought it was the most hilarious thing. But yeah, that's what this whole thing is about. And um, this film was developed to help people actually believe in spontaneous generation developing out of non-living chemicals and forming DNA and over billions of years, random chance mutations, adding new genes to the genome, resulting in trillions of living organisms, each better able to survive than the previous. What you've got here, folks, is the definition of Darwinian evolution. Where you have random chance mutations adding new genes to the genome that are going to better able to survive, that benefit the organism. That's Darwinian evolution. And it takes billions of years for this to work. That's the whole thing. Human secularism is based upon this because it's using Darwinian evolution to promote it. Darwinian evolution this is the definition of it. So tomorrow what we're going to do is I'm going to take this apart. What I used to teach <laughs> what I used to teach my students and I wish I could re- go back and change all this because I convinced many people over the years to believe in Darwinian evolution. Now I'm I'm ashamed of that because this is just so bizarre. I don't have the faith to believe in Darwinian evolution. I don't have a strong enough faith for that. I can easily believe in God, though. I've seen enough evidence for that, which I'll show you out this week, too. So, notice, though, God is not in any way involved in this whole process. We've eliminated God is not in the box. This all happens without a plan. This all happens by chance. God is not in the equation whatsoever with this. And man is the highest evolutionary organism, which opens the door, then, to human secularism. By having man be the highest, now humans are sort of like God. They can determine what's right and wrong. We don't need a book like the Bible with morals telling us what's right and wrong, what's morally correct, what's not. We don't need that because this doesn't even need to exist. It doesn't exist. Evolution has allowed us, as some scientists like Richard Dawkins says, evolution allows me to be an atheist. That's how it is. And unfortunately, many claiming to be Christians and many pastors. I've actually sat in churches and listened to sermons where they believe that God used Darwinian evolution for the creation in Genesis. Um, People who do this are often called theistic evolutionists, which I used to be one of those. That's what I used to believe, but I don't anymore. I want you to notice though, the next verse, this is not our theme verse, this is the very next verse in our theme this summer. But I want you to see what it says here. This is paul writing to the colossian church he just got done telling us to be grounded and rooted in what we were taught about the lord jesus christ then he says this be careful not to let anyone rob you of this faith through a shallow and misleading philosophy such a person follows human traditions and the world's way of doing things rather than following christ is that not what has happened And Paul wrote this, by the way, to a Christian church, the Colossians. This was written to Christians saying we can be taken captive if we're not careful. So let's close in prayer and I'll let you go. Father God, we ask that you just take this information and that you would use it, that your spirit Lord would just teach us and bring them back tomorrow so that Lord, I can dismantle this and show how throughout this week, how true your word is, that we can be confident in what we Hold as Christians, truth is you and your word. So keep us safe. Let's have a great day, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.